0: what's up everybody welcome to the first ever be higher beings podcast Uh, my name is neil first Um, I am the author of recovered the cure for alcoholism Um, you can check out my website is neilfirst.com that's N E I L F I R S Z. T. Com. Um I am the only Neil first in the country Google me to uh, call me on my bullshit no problem um, I am going to be flying solo today for this uh, for this first ever podcast um, <clears throat> I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about alcoholism and I want to talk about addiction um, actually more specifically because it doesn't matter what uh, what your addiction is, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's uh, cocaine, food, gambling, um, heroin, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It could be Facebook. It could be shopping. It could be. I mean, here you know what your addictions are, or maybe you don't. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's why we uh, maybe that's why we become alcoholics. Well, that is why we become alcoholics because we don't know what uh, you know. We don't. We don't notice the repetitive things we do um as addictions. we don't see them as addictions um You never actually notice an addiction until you try and sit down and be with yourself and that is you know you get that you get that uh what is it that that uneasy feeling that feeling like like you have to get up like you have to do something like you have to be somewhere else um It's hard to be in the present moment um so yeah, there's. Uh, I want to. Uh, I want to talk to you guys. Kind of go over what causes addiction. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. A, you know, get a lot out of my book here. Um, uh, Recovered the cure for alcoholism. What causes addiction? What um, you know? What what cures it? What uh, what fixes it? Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of misconception um, in the culture. Today, uh, especially the uh, the recovery culture, we have uh, these twelve step programs. Which I was let me you know what here let me let me give you a little background about me before I before I really get into that. Um, I grew up in an alcoholic family. Um, ever since I can remember, don't don't remember a time that uh, that alcohol wasn't a big part of my life. Um, both my parents, you know, a lot of family and stuff like that. It's not, it's not, it's not a special story, uh, by any, any stretch of the means. Um, you know, here, I'll, I'll kind of go down some bullet, bullet points here. Um, alcoholism has been a major part of my life since I was a child. Both of my parents died in their forties as a result of alcoholism. Um, I had seen my mother the night before she died and then found her the next day when she died. Um... My father had died of cancer, uh, and I held his hand in the hospital when he died. Um, when I was a kid, I tried to hide the fact. It actually through my through my whole life, I tried to hide the fact that I was living in, a, in an alcoholic household by lying to other people and myself. Um, you know, it was alcoholism was kind of thrown in my face as a kid. So, like other people, like neighboring adults and stuff like that, that needed to feel better about their own lives, they can make their own jokes. The problem is, you know, they think they're talking. You know, we we think we're making a joke to a kid. Think we're talking about an adult or something like that. Um, But you don't know how. You know, here this is the this is the '70s and '80s when this happened. But you know, you don't know how that uh, how that could affect a kid. I mean, I was already pretty insecure. Uh, We didn't have a lot of money. I was insecure about uh, about my parents being alcoholics it, it you know my my father wasn't around this is this is how I felt when I was a kid so um understand I, I've resolved all this and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how to do it too um I'm gonna tell you how I did it at least um because whatever works for me might not necessarily work for you but um you know a good place to start is a good place to start um so yeah, there's uh, you know when you're when you're four, five, six years old and you you know you uh, you have an adult uh, telling uh, telling that uh, telling you that that your mother should be put in her place and you know all, just all kinds of stupid stuff. Um, you know it it kind of view it, it uh, skewed my my view of the world uh, for sure. Um, you know and it led to. <clears throat> You know, it, it, by the time I was a full-blown alcoholic, I had such a crippling anxiety that um, it, it, like, I couldn't leave the house. It didn't allow me to function in the outside world. It was, um, you know, I'd be at the, I, I'd be at the grocery store and I'd be shaking so bad. I'd be shaking and sweating, and my palms were clammy, and I, and I couldn't look at people, and I was breathing short breaths and this, this heavy thing. It was. It it was crazy, and the only thing again, the only thing that would fix it um, at the time was alcohol, and that's that's all that I knew. So um, I'm going to get get into all this. Um, You know, I've been to detox no less than ten times because the the anxiety was so strong for me to was too strong for me to to stop drinking. Um, There's the addiction side of your personality. it's that's that manifests into into the anxiety and the the anxiety causes those addictions um and it just it's it's it they just stack on on top of one and one another, and finally it blows up into like a panic attack, some kind of hissy fit um or even seizures here i, I had bad seizures uh, well, not bad so i don't know what a, the difference between a good seizure and a bad seizure is, but i just i had seizures as a re- as a result of alcohol withdrawal um when I was alone, I, I, I woke up on uh, on my floor, you know, just in, in my living room floor, and my tongue was stuck to my teeth because I had bitten my tongue during a seizure. I had two or three seizures while I was while I was alone, and I did have one in the hospital. Um, I've had DTS. I don't know if you, if you if you know what those are. Those that's delirium tremens um, multiple times. I've had DTS multiple times, including once in front of my son. Um, you know, it, there's uh, DTS is basically a, a hallucination. It's you're you're basically dreaming while you're awake. Um, the way the way it was explained to me um, is here, when you're when you're on an alcoholic, when you're an alcoholic, um, you're you don't dream. You suppress that your your REM sleep and. When you repress your REM sleep for for so long, your your brain and your body it keeps count. It 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 it, it keeps a tally of, of how little REM sleep you've gotten. And eventually what's gonna happen is you've deprived yourself from that type of sleep for so long that uh, that your body's just gonna say, okay, well here. REM sleep is the dream state, so you're just gonna, you you I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the, the dream veil over your eyes while you're awake. So you're basically dreaming while you're awake when you're when you're in delirium tremens. Um, it's, uh, it's not fun. Um, I did have to overcome withdrawals from psychiatric medications um, that caused severe thoughts of suicide, often when I was alone too. Um, I worked in a, I worked in a car business uh, with, you know, and that, that's with people that saw alcoholism and uh, drug abuse as normal. That's, you know, here in, in the, when I first got in the car business in, what was it, 1995, um, you know, the, the the managers and the, and the other salespeople, um, they would always tell me like, here, Neil, you need to go out and get an addiction. You need to, you know, there's, there's no better salesperson than, than, than a guy with an addiction. Because he's always going to need that fix. He's always going to be hustling for that fix. And while that was never my intention um, to do that, uh, I, I did party. I did I I, I did become addicted. Um, but that that thought that uh, that I remember that conversation scared me a little bit, or actually a lot. Um, you know, it was. But I was I was scared because I was used to it. You know, I was, I was, I was afraid because, you know, the, through my whole childhood, I was like, okay, so when I become an adult, this is going to stop. I'm going to, I'm never going to drink. I'm never going to do this. And I, you know, and I actually waited till I was 18, you know, to, to, to drink or to, to even smoke cigarettes. And by the time. I, you know, when I got into the into the uh, into the adult world and saw that that everybody was doing this, you know, I I, I realized that it wasn't centrally located to to, to the first household, but um, you know, it was it was comforting and scary at the same time. It was scary because like I was thinking, it's like, oh my God, this shit doesn't end. But it's you know, it was it was comforting because it's like, okay, well. You know I guess everybody's like this and maybe they just my parents didn't know how to drink um, you know it, all kinds of stupid stupid justifications went through my head um, here on average I drink uh, probably 20 to 30 of those little airplane bottles of vodka those are what 50 mils so 20 of them is what a thousand mils. I mean that's that's a lot of vodka dude um, I it it was yeah yeah, it's it's a lot. It's and, and and I was hiding it. I hid. I tr- well tried. I tried to hide it from my uh, from my then wife, um, who maybe she just got tired of calling me on my bullshit. <laughs> but I uh, you know she eventually just stopped asking. She just you know she just kind of let it go and it and it went and um, off the detox I went. Um, I was also 65 pounds overweight. It's it's not like you know alcoholism was uh, was my only problem. Um, what I've learned is concerning weight gain, anything over I think it's ten or twenty pounds overweight is is some type of body armor. Um, from a it's a, it's a subconscious behavior. It's not it's not it is the food that you eat, but it's not so much the food that you eat. Um, we don't notice when. You know, we, we don't notice our intentions when we're eating. Um, we all know the, uh, you know, if if let's just say, you know, you've seen everybody's seen the movies. You go through somebody goes, a you know, girl goes through a breakup. Next thing you know, she wants Hagendas. You know, that's that's a subconscious behavior. It's a it's a comforting type of deal. Um, but her intention, you know, that they the intention of eating that Haagen-Dazs is to wallow in your own self pity. Now, <clears throat> that doesn't start at that breakup. That's that's a comfort thing from you know basically be anything before seven years old, and I'm and I'm explaining that right now. So you you know a little bit about my uh, about my about my past. Um, that's that's a story that um, that I want that I tell you guys, so you know that um, you know. It, It doesn't have to stay like that remember this that that everything is temporary okay um it doesn't have to stay like that i went through almost 40 years of just just fighting and ballot battling just it was alcohol 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 and then drugs and then uh, doctors with prescription drugs and pharmaceuticals and i mean it just it's it, it it gets to be too much um and you know and there you go you end up in uh, you end up in detox uh, or some type of uh, some type of uh, 12-step program so I I relapsed once um, I well now I can't say I relapsed once I, I relapsed and stayed relapsed once because the, the first time I went the first time I got help um, I was married and I'd gone to detox a couple times and just just couldn't handle the anxiety so I'd, I'd get out, and it maybe sometimes it was an hour, sometimes it was a couple of days, but I would just start drinking again. Um, the last time my my ex-wife had brought me to to detox, um, it was just so bad I couldn't stand. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was just it was, it was, it was a it was a horrible, probably a, a ugly looking situation. I didn't get to observe it because I was living it, but um, I'm going to assume that it was pretty ugly. So, but. Um, as you know I, I stopped drinking for about three years and or well, almost three years the solution that that the doctors gave me was you know, they gave me Xanax um, uh, they, we tried you know, they, they wanted to try all these psych, uh, psychiatric medications like Lexapro um, Celexa Prozac so over the, those almost three years um, you know I wasn't drinking. I was still. I was still 50 pounds overweight. I wasn't drinking, but I didn't feel human. Um, I relied very, very heavily on uh, on Xanax, and that's. If you don't know anything about Xanax, it's one of those drugs that that hits like the same receptors as uh, as alcohol does. So. Um, by using Xanax to ease the anxiety of alcoholism, you're not doing yourself any favors. Um, so it, it, the the second the the first. So when I did finally relapse um, after about three years, it wasn't just alcohol at that point. Um, I had gotten a divorce, and I wasn't really upset about the divorce. I actually I actually thought it was beneficial for for the both of us. I think both of us did. Um, it, it, but I did start dating again, and I didn't want to. I didn't want anybody to uh, like any girls I was dating. I didn't want them to think that uh, that I was like in in AA or something like that. I, I, could, I was an alcoholic. I was, I was embarrassed by that because of the culture, and I'll get into that in a second. But <clears throat> so. I started, you know, I started just having a couple of drinks when I'd, when I'd go out, um, you know, when i go out on dates and stuff like that. And then here, after about six months, it just turned into a full-blown, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking, you know, I'm drinking a fifth of vodka a day again. Um, and it just happened. So it, it just, it just the way it, it's just the way it worked. So after, uh, I, fi- it was right before the Cubs World Series when I, when I finally got sober, um, and there was, I was, again, I was under a lot of pressure to go to uh, go to a twelve step, go to something like an AA or something like that. Um, you know, I have friends and stuff in there. It's in family members, and it, again, it's it's the culture. But I had been to AA before, and I wasn't going to have it. There was no, there was nothing about uh, about AA that uh, that I wanted to do. There was nothing about this twelve step program that I wanted to do. And what I realized that it's not. It's not the steps. The steps actually work. They're just so misrepresented. It's uh, it. It just doesn't work. the The culture in in twelve step programs is I'm right, you're wrong. You have to do it this way. You're an alcoholic for life. You're uh, if 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 you if you're looking for a drink, find a meeting. Find a meeting. And it it just it didn't make any sense to me made absolutely no sense to me. Why would I keep calling myself an alcoholic if I'm trying to retrain my brain that I'm that I'm that I'm over it now, that I'm that I'm not uh that I'm that I'm trying to get out of that situation. It's like it's like a constant reminder. Um it's uh it doesn't make any sense. So since it didn't make any sense, um I kind of just came up with my own thing. And and a lot of people do <clears throat> But you know it depending on how how deep you go into it how how much you understand um, your addiction your your alcoholism, uh, your food addiction, your drug addiction, your Facebook addiction, your negativity addiction, um, your social media addiction, your news addiction The more you understand these things. The easier they are to, to get rid of, because instead of experiencing it and living it, you're uh, you're an observer. So um, there was no way I was going into the uh, I was going into that culture. Um, I wasn't going to do it again. It uh, it quite frankly just scared the hell out of me. Um, it just uh, and and I'm and it and it scares. I, I talk to people. It scares a lot of people. And you know the uh, I think there's a 90 percent failure rate of uh of 12 step programs and if you if you look at the steps the steps actually are they actually work um it's that it's not a, it's not a bad way to to do anything there's meditation in there there's apology i mean there's you know you don't it, there's there's really nothing Super wrong with uh, with the steps. There, it's it's, some of it's a little bit outdated. I think the language is a little bit outdated, but um, but it's that culture in in AA where where everybody thinks that that you're an alcoholic for life or you're an addict for life, and science says it's just not true. I mean, it's not. There's absolutely nothing true about that. If you know anything about epigenetics, which I'm going to explain, um, then you'll know that that's not true. We, you know. as a society, we believe that uh, that you know, alcoholism was caused by genes, or cancer was caused by genes, or you know, whatever disease you had was caused by genes. Genes don't cause diseases, nor are you stuck with the expression of this of that gene for your entire life. Um, certain genes will contribute. To, to to certain diseases, um, but here it takes twelve to fourteen different genes to activate for you to get cancer. So smoking doesn't cause cancer; um, it's a contributor. Alcohol doesn't cause cancer; it's a contributor. Um, eating like shit doesn't cause cancer; it's a contributor. Everything is con- is a contributor. I mean, unless it's some high radioactive stuff, um, it's a contributor. And it's the same thing with. With alcoholism, um, everything is a contributor, and and with it being an addiction, um, you know it's something that you know. It, obviously, an addiction is something that you repeat often. Um, usually, it's not good for you, but we're trying to, in in your addiction, in that uneasy feeling, there's something that you don't want to face. I know this because that's that's what it is. Well, there, that's that's what it is for. That's what it was for me. Um, and as far as I mean, all the studies, all the all the research I've done. Um, I mean, it's um, it's like it's psychology one hundred and one. It's or it's it's neuroscience one hundred and one. Let me let me say it like that. Psychology is kind of kind of going by the wayside a little bit, but um, neuroscience, you know, will tell you that it's. What happens is you have, we get we we get into a familiar pattern um, between the ages of, of zero, seven, 0 and seven. Um, when you when we come out of the womb, okay, uh, up until two years old, we're in like a super super hypnotic state. Everything is being programmed. Um, that's why you never remember anything before you're before you're two years old because you're not. You're not actually viewing, like, you're not, you're you're downloading, but you're not interacting yet. You're just kind of, yeah, whatever, and it's, and everything is programming. And when, you know, from three to seven, two to seven, whatever it is, um, just remember that the numbers are close. They might not be exact. Um, The communication is, it's, it's not, it's not exactly a personality. The personality is developing, but it's a it's a mimic um, we mimic our environment and that becomes our personality so if there' if you have a negative environment that was you know that that um, you know let's just say you could you could never uh, well here I'll give you an example today today I was meditating and I had gotten this feeling of guilt like of guilt for being happy and you know because I had a smile on my face and I, and I was and I was sitting there, I had this little smile on my face, and all of a sudden, I hear, stop smiling. It just, you know, kind of in my head. And I'm like, what? Like, here, listen, if I'm not happy, nobody's happy. And I'm like, oh, shit. That was a, uh, that, that was from, like, way back in the past. Um, I, I had I kind of gotten a feeling where I was defending myself. I'm sorry, I feel horrible for what I did. And I remember, at, and, the, and the response to that was, well, you don't feel bad enough. You should feel worse, and I'm like, okay, I'll try. Um, you know, I remember when I was a kid too. And, and well, here this this goes into uh, this goes into to work. Um, you know, we, we end up finding like the same type of people. Um, I remember uh, I was being asked a question: What the fuck are you so happy about? I'm like, nothing. Like I was scared to be happy. So that's that's a subconscious belief that that I don't deserve to be happy and and if you're making if 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 we're making decisions off of a belief that we don't deserve to be happy how (laughs) how positive how beneficial do you think that uh, that belief is going to be it's probably not going to be very very positive not going to be very beneficial but the problem is, is that we never take the time to actually sit with ourselves and feel what this emotion is. We're like, oh, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to remember that. I, well, okay, so when what happens is when we don't want to think about something, we don't want to remember something, um, is you're, we're storing that in our body and it becomes pain. And it becomes the, the creaky back, the, the, the sore neck, the uh, the bum knee the the twisted ankle, all of this all of these emotions your your body is a storage for them. Okay, it's the your emotions are a chemical reaction, and <clears throat> when when something's repeated, it that chemical reaction will store, and if it's repeated, it will be stored as something familiar. So next time you're you're trying to make a big decision and you're trying to think of what to do. Your subconscious is going to go through all the right answers, but it's going to choose the thing that's familiar. That's what's called self-sabotage. That's how you self-sabotage yourself. Um, you, you, you think you have this, this great plan, and I'm like, okay, so what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? And all of a sudden, your subconscious picks through half a million things and gives you the thing that you've been doing every single time during your entire life, whether it's worked or not, because it's familiar. So, this is this is one of the reasons why it's why it's so difficult to to change. Um, but now we you know we know about neuroplasticity. Now uh, we used to think you know uh, that the brain would stop developing after what I think it was like twenty one or twenty five. You know we just stopped learning. It, it's not the brain that stops developing. It's the person. It's the human. It's the we. We learn new things. You we can. There are neural networks um, that are hardwired in in our in our brains, and they they can all be changed. There is not one thing that can't be changed. Uh, well, let me let me just say let me <laughs> let me rewind there. There's there's not much that can't be changed. Okay, um, you know if if you have if you're <clears throat> If you're like leaning towards uh, Alzheimer's or MS or cancer or whatever, if you if you start getting these markers, you can change all of it. Um, and I'm gonna, you know, it, alcoholism, you can you can change all of it. And I'm gonna go over some some uh, easy steps to take that will that will help you. No matter basically no matter what you got, um, it's you know what it's going to do is it's it's going to help. Um, you know, the, the tips I'm going to give you, um, they're out of my book. Um, they're, they're the nine strides. Um, maybe I won't go, go over them in order, but just see how, how long this plays out. This is, you know, you just remember, this is just me talking. So um, you, may, you may have even turned this off by now. But um, I'm going to go over this, um, and they're, they're real simple steps that, that will make epigenetic changes and, uh, uh, you know, it create neuroplasticity. Where you can create new habits and you know and and unwire old ones. You hardwire new habits and unwire old ones, um, and that's that's all about creating the uh, the right conscious environment. You know what is what is your environment? Well, your environment's everything. It's everything around you. Um, it's what you see, touch, feel. Everything you use your senses for. But it's also your head. It's 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 your input. It's your uh, you know what. What are you What are you constantly doing every day? What What addictions are you feeding? Um, so I'm gonna go over the 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 first stride here, um, which I call ditch to negativity. But I was um, I'm a big fan of uh, of Brian Rose and London Real, and you know he has he had a uh, you know kind of like a life accelerator type of or has a, a life uh, accelerator type of course. Um, and you know where I called it ditching the negativity um, he calls it a low a low media diet um, which is which is perfect so however however you want to say it um, I think it would be perfect and what's you know what is a uh, a low media diet well that's uh, it's exactly what it sounds like it's you know limit yourself to only so much of politics of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, the news, um, all these things that, that make us, that make us angry and, and make us, um, get upset that bring you back. You could be in the happiest mood, turn on the TV, hear Donald Trump talking about his wall, whether you're, whether you're a supporter or not, I as far as me, I'm indifferent about, about politics because I'm not going to do anything to, to change Donald Trump. That situation will, resol- will resolve itself. You know, if it's, if it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. Here, nobody's, nobody's doing a great job in, in any form of government right now. So I figure I just let it happen. But if, if you're listening, you know, if you're feeling great, okay, you had a great day. Whatever, and then you hear your, your one of your big things is, is Donald Trump and his wall, and you have the news on. You you chose to put the news on, and ruined your good mood. You ruined your good day. You know, if you if you got upset by you know by whatever it is, whatever it, it could be Facebook. It doesn't have to be Trump. It could be it could be anybody. You could be a Cubs fan and they lost. A Bears fan, or you know your favorite sports team doesn't matter. Um, you could be upset about abortion, you could be upset about um, racism. You could be upset about everything okay but really and and i 'll go into this later, but really the only way to change any of that is to is to change how you interact with the world okay um, so don 't let yourself get all upset. so the first stride is you know ditch the negativity because what what your intake is. It's going on top of all your problems. So if you're constantly, you know, I know, I know people addicted to, you know, air. I'm in Chicago. So every year on Facebook, it's the dumbest thing. <clears throat> Springtime, everybody's, or spring and summertime, everybody's talking about how hot Chicago weathers are or how, how hot Chicago summers are. Chicago weather. What's wrong with me? Um, I didn't even smoke any weed today. Um, it, everybody's talking about how hot Chicago summers are. Okay, it's not any hotter than anywhere else. Okay, or you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, but everybody wants to, it, it, you, see, you see this barrage of bullshit on Facebook that everybody wants to show exactly how they're displeased, just how much they're displeased with the weather. Same thing happens in winter. Oh my God, I can't wait till the summer. Here, okay, if you're gonna put, if you're gonna be upset about something and you're gonna put your displeasure out into the universe, is it really gonna be about the weather? Are you, are you really a victim? Are you, are you, is, your, is your circumstance a victim of the weather? Is the weather, is it so extreme? Sometimes it is, but it's, you know, we're not talking about a hurricane. We're talking about six inches of snow or a or, you know, 97 degree day it nothing is so <laughs> is so out there at, that you know it, that I want to identify with uh with the misery of uh, here, to identify with the misery of weather it doesn't make sense the you know it, but again we we hold on to these we hold on to these subconscious beliefs i don 't know what that subconscious belief is but um it's 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 almost like you know it's it's a pity thing, you know, feel sorry for me, it's so hot, feel sorry for me, it's so cold. I don't know, it's crazy. Sorry to go off on a tangent there, but I think when I really, really realized this was here, I'm I'm a lifetime Cubs fan, okay? I followed them, you know. I, I can name everybody from the nineteen eighty four team. You know, I was seven back then. It just, it was one of those things. I was so proud that I was, I, win or lose, I was, a, I was a Cubs fan. So I was gonna live with them, and I was gonna die with them. Okay. Um, and when I lived with them, it was the best feeling in the world. And when I died with them, I was throwing beer bottles, starting fights, getting pissed off, kicking shit, breaking off relationships and stuff like that. <clears throat> Because 25 men in pinstripes didn't win the World Series or didn't win a game. And i <laughs> it was my choice to go get fucking drunk and, and you know, uh, be pissed off and, and drown in everybody else's sorrows. And it's just, that's when I realized that, you know what, my input and what I choose to believe um really really has a has a burning effect on me <clears throat> so when they finally won in 2016 when they finally won the world series guess who didn't give a shit me i was a month out of the hospital i was excited i watched it um but when when i cuz i had built up for f- 39 years in this, in my head, exactly how wonderful it was going to feel when the Cubs won the World Series, and a lot of this had to do with my dad, my dad was a big Cub fan, big Chicago fan, he was one of those Chicago guys, you know, just uh, Chicago this, Chicago that, and stuff like that, alright man, it's just a piece of the planet, don't worry about it, Um but that's you know that's kind of how i lived you know I, I i moved around a little bit um moved to texas moved to arizona and i was like oh chicago chicago, chicago, chicago. you know it's that's, that's how that's how i know that those those beliefs and those sub, subconscious things are bullshit if i'm gonna live and die with something that has no effect on my life then i probably shouldn't be doing it um so yeah low media diet ditch the negativity um the the next stride I have in my book here is you know have fun um, we we take things so seriously uh, because we're anxious and because you know we think we have a problem we think everything is a problem you know we um, you could be you could be having a great day um, and I don't know let's just say you fart at work and you're embarrassed <laughs> and it, you're instead of Instead of being like okay well it's it's, it's a human body it's a, it's a human form it, it does that um, you know we get embarrassed and we we, we, we we get this we get this illusion that uh, that nobody else farts or no and this is a maybe it's a horrible example maybe it's a fantastic example um but we get this illusion that that nobody else does this and and it doesn't matter what it is but we we think that that we're alone with all of our our little quirks and our and our uh, our idiosyncrasies and and whatever, um, but you're not. So what what happens is that we'll do something, we'll be embarrassed, and then we'll we'll be embarrassed. Uh, and this, again, this is something that comes from childhood. But we'll be embarrassed for far too long. Um, and then again, you start making it. Uh, letting it make your decisions for you. If you're, if you're, if you can't be in the present moment, think about the last time. Think about the most fun you ever had. Did you care about anything else other than what you were doing at that moment? No, because you were filled with love and joy and safety and gratitude, and you were just happy to be doing what you were doing. You don't need, this is, this is something that I've learned, you don't need anything, anything to create that feeling. You could be sitting on the toilet and create that feeling of love and fun and gratitude and, and just feeling good. And when you do that, okay, you're, you're creating... If, if what we perceive as negative feelings is a chemical reaction Then what we perceive as positive feelings is a, a chemical reaction okay now our negative feelings have a negative effect on our body okay they cause disease like cancer addictions um uh, parkinson's you know stuff like that okay um look this up if you you know just google it um stress causes all disease basically um i think the world health organization Said that eighty or ninety percent of all doctor visits are stress-related, so this this isn't bullshit. It's just that you haven't heard it yet. Um, but we, you know, we forget that that we're here, and we're we forget that we're human. We forget that we're lucky to be here, and we start living that past story and forget to uh, forget to feel safe, forget to have fun, forget to chill with love and gratitude. So you know. Um, as you're ditching your your negative media, all your bullshit with your with your Trump and your Hillary and and your uh, Kardashian and your Kanye and, and all the all the garbage that that we that we think is uh, is benefiting us, you ditch that and start having fun with without it. Um, that's you know that'd be stride number two. Start having fun without. Try having fun without doing the the familiar things that you normally do. Step outside your box a little bit, okay? Um, Stride three is, and this, if I, I might have put this here, and honestly, it doesn't matter what what, what order they're in, but this is probably one of the most important, uh, but it's it's Meditate. And it's meditate like it's going out of style, okay? What I do now, you know, I started off, you know, a couple minutes, you know, because you can't sit with yourself or you feel like you can't sit with yourself. You know, I started off a couple minutes at a time, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, you know, and you you start being able to sit with yourself for longer. And when you do, you're... You you have no distractions, so you have no Facebook to mess with you. You have no, you have no news to mess with you. You have no people to mess with you. You have no opinions to mess with you. You know that's what your subconscious belief is. It's 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 somebody's opinion of you that you now believe about yourself. And I know this because well, one it's true. The the studies all will say. It, but as I as I meditated, and I learned to. To shut out the outside world because it's going to be there after you after you're done meditating. After I learned to shut out the outside world, and now I I can I can sit I sit for for two hours um, without without much without much trouble at all. It's usually the first 10, 15 minutes that gets a little bit hard because your mind is um, you know your mind's going. It, 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 I mean, think about all the stuff you put in it. Of course, it's going. So. You need to relax. Your mind and, and body need to connect. They need to, they need to get to know each other. Um, and what my um, my my favorite way to to meditate? Now I'm, I'll give you this one because this is probably this is the first way I learned, and it's the way I, I'm doing it the most now, because <clears throat> it seems to have the most benefits. Um, if uh, if you really if you want to learn a lot about meditation, um, look up uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, he is—he's uh, doing so much research, doing heart scans, brain scans. Um, people are healing themselves. Uh, you know, anxiety, depression. Um, people are curing their cancer. People—I mean, I—I I, I know some of these people, and it's—and it's really phenomenal stuff. Um, so, but he's got—he's got tons of different meditations. Pick up his books. Uh, check him out. YouTube. He's got all kinds of stuff. Get you started. But. The my, my favorite way to meditate is I'll either sit or lay down, okay? I'll take a few deep breaths, okay? Just nice in through your nose, out through your mouth. All you want to do is get centered. You're not trying to, you know, you're learning. You're not trying to be a yogi or anything like that. Um, you're not trying to uh, all of a sudden get into, you know, the ninth dimension or whatever. But what you're doing is you're closing your eyes and you're either sitting there or laying there. And... As the thoughts come up, like cars driving by, you're just going to let them go. You're just going to watch them. You're not going to step in front of the car because you get killed. This is what happens. We step in front of the car. We hitch a ride. takes us down the rabbit hole. Next thing you know, (laughs) you're in the worst situation of your life and you haven't left your couch. Okay? There's way more going on in your head than there is in reality. Just remember that. There is nothing that can happen to you while you're, while you're sitting there meditating. So sit down. Just get, get centered. Maybe four breaths, three breaths, ten, whatever. Just, just get, get in and out. Get your body to center a little bit. And close your eyes and just shut up. And let your thoughts do their thing. What's gonna happen is your brain is gonna say, I need to be doing this, I need to be doing that, and I need to be doing that. You're gonna feel these little pains in your body and you're gonna feel uncomfortable. Well your your brain is a fixer, your brain is a solution maker, so it's gonna keep pulling from all of the all of the answers that it already has and it's gonna give you, keep giving you the most familiar ones, which is stop, you don't have to do this now, you could do it tomorrow, you could do it never, you can whatever. Here, you learned about it, that's enough. You know that's that's what your brain's going to keep telling you but if you sit through that and all of those all of that you're a busybody okay we're we're all busybodies we're we're multitaskers all of that is it none of that is you by the way um it's 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 an old story that uh made up of of other people's opinions fears good times bad times it's it's made up of your past so it, during meditation, you're basically looking to change the story that you're telling yourself. Okay, because right now, you know, if um, you know, when 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 we're quitting drinking, um, the story that uh, the story that we tell ourselves is, "Oh, I can't do it. I've been doing it. I, it's been this way for my whole life. How am I ever going to change? Um, I needed to live, but you know, this happened to me, and this is why I can't. I can't get over this Here, This and and I know from experience, and and you know, I, check out my book um, to 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 know. But it's all bullshit. It's all a story that that we tell ourselves, and and it's mostly, to for me, it was to get pity. And you know, what cured that meditation? Meditation is, you know, you, you sit, and when those feelings come up. Okay, you're going to feel it you you might feel it in your gut, okay? Um, you know, you think of if you've if you ever heard of uh, you know, you guys I'm sure you heard of the chakras. Um, you know, or today we call them the energy centers um, because they they are measured um it is they are scientifically measured. They are energy centers in our bodies. Um, you know, it, that's when when you feel something in your gut, that's that 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 solar uh, that's that solar plexus energy, and you feel it, you know, just that that chi energy, like just underneath your belly button. That's that sacral energy. That's <clears throat> those, and then and then you know the the root is under by your uh, between the chocolate factory and a lemonade stand, uh, at the base of your spine, like the 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 taint, in other words. Um, maybe I'll bleep that out. But those a lot of energy stores in in those and when you're meditating you'll you'll feel it you'll feel that energy just kind of go through your body and it feels like something's wrong but nothing is wrong it's just it's just chaos down there so if you could sit with sit with that and feel it and love it because it's not there to hurt you what it is it's those old feelings wanting to come up tell their story and leave they just want to say, "Hey, um, you were pretty fucking scared of this when you were three years old. Just wanted to scare you again, and then I'll go." And so you got to let it scare you again, and you you gotta you know you gotta feel it and love it, and you know because what it did, it's it, you stored it because you never wanted to feel that again. Okay, we every every emotion that 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 you know that scares us, every fear that we have. We stored that so it would never scare us again. So we resist it. Every time we resist something, that fear builds. Okay? Then, when you get a panic attack, that's when it starts coming out. And then you resist the panic attack. And then it stores more. Okay? Then you got to drink it away. Okay? And then you feel like shit the next day. And you store more guilt for for drinking. Okay? Stop. Just stop. Just stop. Sit down. Meditate. You, you, you don't, people always say that I don't have time. You don't, you don't have time not to, because without doing it, without setting your mind and your body, um, you know, without getting those two to, uh, to be coherent, um, it, other diseases are going to, are going to manifest themselves and as as you guys get to know me and you guys do more research and and you, you may already know about this i may even be saying it a little bit wrong um and if i if i am then then please you know correct me um you know i'm not a doctor i'm a, you know i'm i'm somebody who's who's who has a lifetime experience of addiction and alcoholism and you know um i the process that I use is very, very successful. Um, I help a lot of people and not just with alcoholism. I help people with smoking, cancer I, you know diabetes um, you know weight loss i 'm um, having a lot of relationships and and weight loss uh, people coming to me right now, and you know meditating is is one of those things that 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 helps everybody with everything okay um, so that 's number three number four here is your nutritional swing okay most of us um here diets here th- what happens or what happened to me at least is i my, i i kind of like identified myself with with certain diets and by the time i got sick of that i'm like you know what forget this i, I don't want to you know, I I never want, I didn't want the, the vegan identity. I didn't want the vegetarian identity. I didn't want the Atkins identity. I didn't want the keto identity. Although I talk about keto in my, in my book, um, but not as an identity, you know, people, the, the the carnivore people, you know, carnivore is the only way to go or vegan is the only way to go. You know what, Eric, whatever works for you, works for you. That's fine. But, Basically, when, when I'm talking about keto in... Because uh, I, I lost 50 pounds and then like the last, the last 15, 20 pounds, whatever it was, um, I, did, I did use ketosis um, because being in ketosis repairs damaged cells. Um, that's, that was the information that I read. That was, um, that was the benefit that I got. That was the intention that I, that I had for it and that's what I used it for. And that's, what, that's why it was successful for me. Um, but if you're going to do something... You know, my my suggestion is here: if you're going to make epigenetic ch- changes, <clears throat> you have to change what you're doing. Okay, um, one of the one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest factors in, in our you know in our human stupidity is uh, is sugar. You know, when we overload ourselves with sugar, and we do it a lot. It's not you know, it's not like uh, sugar's in everything. And it's not even sugar anymore. It's it's high fructose corn syrup and it's and it's other things, aspartame, all this other stuff that's gonna cause cancer and, and, and not cause cancer. I'm sorry. Ha, contribute. See? We we have to change the language that that we use that we tell ourselves, okay? Um, but you know, basically here, your nutritional swing just try and get as clean as you can with whatever you're eating you know eat clean vegetables fruits um you know eat eat healthy meats if if you're a meat eater eat healthy fish you know eat healthy oils and fats um stay away from the the processed stuff like the the carbs and the you know the the pasta and the the bread and the cookies and the cake and the ice cream and the dairy um you know if you if you want to find some type of diet or the diet identity, then then that's fine. But um, I'm not sure if it's if if an identity is going to help you with your diet, but maybe it will. So, but anyway, uh, you know, just try and try to eat clean. It's it, it's the best way to go. Quit putting the garbage in your face because garbage in, garbage out. Um, it's and it's it, it's the way it's always been. Okay, it's nothing new. Um, so. Number uh, number five here. Um, I, I I put uh, I put a few things together uh, because they, they're all kind of they're all s- similar, and it's exercise, yoga, and breathing exercises. Um, I recently, when I wrote my book, I didn't know about uh, I I didn't hear about uh, Wim Hof yet. That's W I M H O F, and you know if you guys I'm sure you've I'm sure you've heard of him, um, but he's he's running around the planet. Teaching everybody his breathing technique, and it's phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. Um, there's there's so many people doing this this you know trying to demonstrate this breathing technique on YouTube. Um, so you're gonna if you if you watch a couple of them, you're gonna realize that uh, that none of it's none of it's really that that hard. Um, there's there's almost no wrong way to do it. Um, but it's basically breathing in deeply. Okay and then just kind of letting the breath go It's, you know just kind of like letting the breath not force it out but just kind of go out by itself you're going to do that 30 times okay and then on the 30th time that last exhale you're going to breathe out all your air and hold that um and hold that for as long as you can you know when i when i if if you do it right now, you're probably gonna last I don't know 20 maybe 30 seconds. If you do this breath, almost almost for certain, it's gonna be over a minute, um, probably more towards a minute 30. That you can hold your out breath. We're used to holding, we're used to sucking in, and holding our breath. But when you blow out and then hold your out breath, it's it's much more difficult. But what this does is it makes the body alkaline. Um, it oxygenates the cells, and it triggers your autonomic nervous system it 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 dissipates the the anxiety even if it's even if it's for you know uh, you know it it dissipates like all of it for I don't know however long you're you're in this breath Um, but the the benefits afterwards I mean you are you're clearer you're sharper you 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 don't you don't feel like you're lacking so much Um, Try it. Try it for seven days. Um, you know, check out Wim Hof, and then yoga. Here, I, I always thought that yoga was like a chick thing until uh, until I heard Joe Rogan um, talk about uh, talk about you know doing yoga, and I'm like, dude, Joe's a tough, Joe, Joe's a badass. You know, I could I could do yoga, you know. And and actually, when I when I first started, when I before I wrote the book, and I first started my process. That was the guy that I that, that kind of inspired me was Joe Rogan. He, uh, he said something, and it just kind of got me to think. He's like, what if everybody was just nicer to each other? And from then on, I'm like, shit, I'm going to listen to this fucking guy. And, you know, some of the guests he has on, like Paul Stamets, Ben Greenfield, um, you know, just there's there's so much there there's so much there's a wealth of information on on, uh, on the joe rogan experience so that's uh that's how i started yoga um you know i'm not great at it i i uh, i'm not trying to be the best in the world but when you it, it's something that you can that you can do anywhere um you know and that for me that translated you know doing yoga translated into a lot of body weight exercises okay so now what i'm doing is okay so now you're changing your diet you're you're changing the way you're, you're controlling your breath you're doing yoga you're exercising this is what's making now you're signaling new genes you're signaling signaling new and healthier genes you're you're completely changing everything about yourself, you're triggering your nervous system, your autonomic nervous system, it's making you healthier. You're, you're, you're exercising, you have more energy, you have everything. So what's going to happen is your environment is going to start signaling newer and healthier genes. Um, And what, what I did um, is I actually reversed all the damage done to my organs. When I was in the hospital in October, 2016, they said, Neil, if you have another drink, that might be your last, that, that might be the last thing that you do. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I knew I couldn't get out of, uh, I knew I couldn't get out of detox or whatever and, uh, and just go, go have a drink. Um, so, but that, that's how bad my, my organs were. And, you know, that's, that's, I, that's a story I wanted to change. I wanted, I didn't want to tell myself that, that I have this condition because of so many years of, you know, choosing to, to beat the shit out of my body. So I changed that story. And and the, the things that I'm telling you is how, is how I did that. So exercise, yoga, breathing exercises, that's, um, you know, change your routine. Get, get something, do something different. Do the, do the exact opposite of what your alcoholic self would do. so I'm running out of time right now so I'm going to end it there but I do appreciate you guys being with me um, guys check out my book Recovered the Cure for Alcoholism uh, it's on Amazon right now check out my website neilfirst.com that's N-E-I-L-F-I-R is in Robert S as in Sam Z is in Zebra T is in Tom.com. dot um, you can find me on Facebook Neil First uh, YouTube Neil First uh, Twitter Neil First uh, Instagram, Neil first, none of them are that exciting. Well, the YouTube one is, um, but you know, the Facebook, Facebook one, YouTube one, they kind of coincide, but, uh, but yeah, check me out guys. I'll check you out. I appreciate you taking a, taking a listen. Um, and please be higher beings and stay powerful.